With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coach, uh, just quick question. What was your biggest takeaway uh, in the positive and then the negative from the Washington game? Uh, well, I thought our uh, defense is pretty darn good overall. Um, you know, that Washington had a couple of elite guards. And, uh, and I thought Coach Hill did a really good job with our pick and roll defensive coverage and to, to hold them to the kind of percentages that we did both from from two and from three uh, was certainly good. And, um, you know, it's always, from an offensive point of view, it's always a little bit uh, daunting to face that zone. And, uh, you know, we had two stretches. I think we had two, about two-minute stretches where we had seven of our 11 turnovers. And so I thought overall, uh, without with the exceptions of those two little stints, you know, getting a shot each possession and not throwing it into hands and not turning it over um, was really good. And then I think to tie both sides of the ball in, um, we got a lot of deflections and a lot of uh, hands on balls at the defensive end of the floor. And I think that took a little bit of the pressure off of this offensively. And we didn't have to maybe see that zone on a consistent basis. So it was, it was a little bit of defensive focus, uh, offensive poise, and then the ability to, to, uh, to score some hoops. I think we had 24 points in transition. So uh, against Washington, I think you need to do that. Hey, Larry, how are you? I'm good, Josh. Thanks. Good. Uh, this is a question that has to get asked in 2020. Do you expect everybody to be available tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, I might take the day off, but everybody else should be ready to go. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, what can you do about the testing situation? You know, some of the unknown, but I think our guys are doing a, a really good job of, of taking care of themselves and keeping out of harm's way. I believe it's gotten everybody's attention pretty quick. It's affected a lot of programs around the country. and. Um, you know, I'm confident in our team and hopefully, uh, you know, the Bengals have the same thing going on to come in here. Just a follow up, um, you know, between the long off season and then the virus outbreak, you know, you guys finally play a game. Was there at least some some sense of mystery that you didn't quite know what you had until you were able to see a different opponent finally? Yeah, it's a you know, it's a it's a long stretch, you know, uh, going through a period of time, uh, you know, even, even our annual red white scrimmage, you know, you don't do that. Uh, you don't have an exhibition game. You don't have some tune up games and it's, it's been quite a long haul where we're beating up on each other and you're constantly looking at, uh, you know, at one of your teammates. And so the first opportunity for us to play somebody in a different 
different color jersey, you, you know, you everybody would be lying if they said they were super comfortable about it. And you know, it's it's part of the game that's fun. It's the unknown. I think there's so much known in a practice setting, and you know who you're guarding and what they do, and you, everybody has a, a little bit of a sense of being comfortable. And then, uh, you know, when you have a game, it's, it's kind of fun. It gets the juices flowing and there's some unknown and you don't feel quite as comfortable. And, and, uh, that's what the competition is all about. So it was, you know, I thought it was, it was a good start for us and, uh, we got to learn for it and learn from it. And every team brings a different package to the table and, and, you know, trying to predict the Idaho state, uh, you know, our next opponent. And what they do, everybody this time of year has got a lot less film. So I think it's uh, probably a little bit more intrinsic in what we can do ourselves for motivation and a little bit less of a, you know, a big scouting report and those types of things. So I think I think this is uh, it's kind of classic to be a little bit self-motivated in these times. Hey, coach, how's it going? Good to see you. Hey. Um, been a long time. Um, yeah. So. Obviously, um, I know you're the kind of next game mentality coach, but, you know, we got an FCS team playing and then you have that big matchup with BYU coming up later this week. So is there essentially a way that you can go into the Idaho State game and work on things, try things with new guys, try new plays, try new dynamics to bring that into the BYU game? Is, is there something that you can do to build something during this matchup? to bring to that bigger game? Well, I, I don't know if it has as much to do with matchups as it has to do with, you know, just building, building your own DNA and, and what it is that you uh, are going to bring to, you know, every game, regardless of opponents. And, you know, we just had a practice setting. Uh, I thought our guys started off real well in practice and then it got a little bit grindy and we started turning the ball over. Uh, and then we started missing an awful lot of blockouts and uh, giving up offensive rebounds. And that gives you there's a lot of concern with that because you don't know how, you know, you don't you're not getting better in practice. If you turn the ball over and there's different kinds of turnovers, uh, if we you know if we were out pressuring and getting into guys and then turning the ball over, you can kind of say, oh, that's that's just really good defense. You know, we're really good at that element but the turnovers that came in practice today were unforced turnovers and shooting yourself in the foot so so you don't have very much confidence in your offense and you have no idea where your defense is at because the offense just made it easy and so you know what and then when we're playing defense if we can't secure a defensive rebound then then it becomes really confusing and so whether we're playing idaho state boise UCLA, BYU, it makes no difference if we don't bring uh, a lot more consistency with those little things. Andrea, I think that's the thing is that there are no little things. You got to, we got to be far more fundamentally sound moving forward if we're going to be able to compete, um, you know, against the quality, quality opponent. And that's where we are right now is, is not really trying to play any Jedi mind games and saying, Hey, the bigger game of the two is BYU because, uh, as practice went today, we we're going to have a hard time beating a lot of people if we don't get a lot more fundamentally sound. And that's, that's where we need to start building, I think, an identity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and- not yourself, you know, we can't beat ourselves. 
I, I have no problem if we get in a game and somebody beats us, whether, you know, if, if they outplay us. But uh, the way I felt today is is that we kind of defeated ourselves, and it's really hard to make progress when that's happening. Yeah, I mean, I could tell just by coming onto the presser that you were frustrated when you have a practice like today um, and you feel frustrated. Is it Are you able to pick out something that you did like from today? Um, maybe it was just the communication on the court, even though there was the turnover, maybe it was the effort. Is there something that you do go into it and say, okay, we, we got this going for us? Yeah, well, what, what we did do is we set a record um, in a shooting game, a team shooting game that we call our Aussie uh, shooting drill that I stole from a coach in Australia. Uh, we shoot, you know, it's a full court kind of a conditioning shooting drill. And uh, we we broke the record. We've never made that many shots. So I really like the fact that our guys uh, are shooting the ball well and we seem to be sharing it. And we've got some offensive weapons. So that was there's something I felt really good at the first third of practice. And, uh, and then it, it kind of went downhill from there. And, and I'll tell you what, I addressed this with our team. Uh, I, I like to play as a coach. I like to let our guys play themselves into shape and play themselves into a rhythm. And uh, I apologize to our team. Sometimes it's like training a dog. You know, where you get frustrated because uh, because the dog doesn't behave. But when you take a really close look at it, it's the it's the trainer that doesn't have any clue what he's doing. And so I knew going into today's practice that we were deficient with our blockouts. And yet I didn't take 15 or 20 minutes and work on blockouts to start practice to kind of set the tone because I wanted to play. And our guys had Sunday off and I wanted to get in and play. So I kind of got exactly what I deserved as that dumb dog trainer. Uh, and that that's where some additional frustration comes in for me is that I, you know, you got to go with your intuition and I've got to, I've got to get more fundamentally sound and focused on the areas that we're deficient in before I can expect our team to comprehend it. So I got a little bit of what, uh, of what I deserved, um, and I hope it still wakes our guys up. And when we come in for the next practice, we've we got to be far better at those things. <laughs> Coach, don't worry. I'm a dumb dog trainer as well, and I don't even have a dog. So uh, don't <laughs> feel too bad. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to go back to the game against Washington and just kind of talk about the 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 impact of, of Pelly Larson and what he brings to the floor offensively and defensively. What does his presence you know, on this team do for you guys? Yeah, I, I think Pella's doing a really nice job. You know, um, first and foremost, he's a, he's a guard that can make plays with, you know, ball in hand and he's, and he's got terrific size. He's, uh, you know, he's not only is he taller than, than many of the ball handlers that we've had, but he's also strong and can withstand uh, some of the physicality that, you know, pick and roll defensive coverages can bring, uh, you know, he's got a really nice uh, shooting stroke and I think he's a terrific passer, you know, still needs to improve. And this has been really good for him. I think uh, guys are, we're throwing different, different looks at him and pick and roll coverage. And he's had some turnovers and, and made some mistakes, but that's how we're going to get better. But 
think he brings a poise and maybe a little bit of a maturity at the position and, and gives us another ball in hand guard, you know, that can, can do those things. We don't want to have to put too much pressure on anybody in our offense. So, um, you know, I think some of the biggest growth, biggest growth for him is, is, is coming on the defensive end and he needs to be one of those, uh, players similar to DeLon Wright years ago when he, when he was a free rebounding, a bigger guard. Cause many of the times, you know, the position that he's guarding is not a, typically is not a big offensive rebounding position and he's got to go help us sweep some of those boards and, and get the break started for us. And I think, you know, his defensive presence and some of his size, he can do that. So he's, uh, he's scratching the surface and he seems to be more and more comfortable and, and uh, leads to an awful lot of competition in practice. So I, you've seen, you saw him play too. He's got a little bit of a court savvy and a poise about him, you know, where if he is getting sped up, it's hard to kind of see that he, he plays, uh, he plays under control. And I think that a lot of those are positive attributes that you need to, to have in a, uh, a backcourt type player. And then just to, to follow up real quickly, just, you know, f- with this being, you know, the first game against Washington last week, with it being the first game in so long, it it seemed like these guys are are playing with more confidence and, and sure, you know, and more sure of who they are and what they bring to the floor. Is, do you notice that with this team as well? Is that just, you know, natural growth going from year one to year two? Well, I, I think, you know, um, there there's a number of guys that are out on the floor that aren't freshmen anymore. and it's no surprise secret that it's hard to be a freshman. Uh, a lot of times you get a little bit of a deer in the headlights look and, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, and even Fonz in his first year last year, you know, a lot of first year players. So, you know, with the exception of, uh, of Timmy Allen and Riley Batten, we're, we're talking about a lot of those guys that are now, uh, I don't know if sophomore is correct term for an upperclassman, but there seems to be just a little bit more, you know, uh, presence of mind and, and certainty with what it is we're trying to do. And, you know, the maturity of moving from one year to the next. And I think there's enough of those guys, uh, out on the floor, you, you know, whether it's Brandon Carlson or, uh, you know, you've got Mickey is far more comfortable, Ryland Jones, Jackson Brinchley, some of that. And then the nice little influx of the three new guys that we have. So it seems to be a nice blend. But, but you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Coach Hopkins, but that team was on the road for a week, uh, living out of hotels, played a couple games in Vegas, and came in here and played a game. So far from... Uh, you know, the kind of juice that you're going to see at a typical conference game with the team that's locked and loaded. And they'd had nothing uh, whatsoever to look at as far as a scouting report for us, which is daunting. We had two games that they had played. So we had a little bit of an idea what they were going to do, but it's had a lot of things going against them. So I really don't want to get fat and sassy and think that, uh, that we've even close to arrived because we've got a long way to go. But Again, it was nice to get get the game out of the way and get a W, but um, we really have to keep grinding and, and make sure that we're staying on an edge. Larry, I'll hit you with a two-parter. Um, it took Alfonso a little while to get warmed up, but once he did, 
what made such a difference in the offense, the way it flowed, having him out there hitting that outside shot, and he was he was all over the place. And then the follow up question would just be, uh, what was it like for you coaching uh, in that situation with no fans at the Huntsman Center when it was just, uh, I guess it almost felt like a scrimmage. Yeah, I think it took us a minute overall, not just uh, Fonz, but but our team. You know, it's uh, it's really hard to get the season kicked off and and find a little bit of rhythm, and then you throw a uh, you know, that kind of zone, uh, into the mix. And it, it, it takes a little minute to find, find, find your spot out there. And I thought our guys did a good job of, of, uh, kind of settling in. It probably started at the defensive end more than anything, getting some, some buckets out in transition, um, and, you know, kind of finding a team rhythm. And then, you know, as far as, as far as, uh, the crowd goes, it's always been interesting for, for me, I can, if we play in front of a sold out crowd, I notice it, you know, coming out of the locker room during the introductions, uh, and at the beginning of the game. And then when the jump ball happens, I basically go into about a two hour complete zone out where I don't, I don't even notice if there's a person in the fan, in the stands. And my wife asked me, uh, afterward what it was like and and I said well it was, you know it's pretty weird coming out to start the game because it's a little bit like a practice uh the noise level's not there you know you hear every word that anybody says and then to be honest once the game started you, you kind of get locked in with your team and with the referees and focused and you don't don't think too much about it um you know with the exception maybe at halftime um those are the times that it's it's a little bit, you know, uh, easy easier to notice. But I think probably the same thing goes with a lot of our guys. You know, you get you get tunnel vision and you get in the moment and focused at what you've got going on, and and you, you need to have a team right now that's not depending on a crowd to give you a bunch of boosts. You got to find a lot of that within your team and within the level of your play to get some energy. Larry, in the opener, you. Um, you played seven guys at least 17 minutes. Uh, it's still very early, but where do you kind of envision, um, you know, the depth and the rotation kind of going at this point? Yeah, I, I could see, uh, you know, I, I, I think we've got a couple guys deep at every position. I think various opponents will, will bring a little something different to the table. You know, it, sometimes in preseason, you find teams are playing small. And might be a little bit harder to match up when you have, uh, you know, a bunch of gunslinger three point shooting team. Maybe it's not as traditional of a lineup to have your big five men out there a lot. So some of those things change once we get into Pac-12 play. I think it's a little bit more, uh, you know, of a, of a defined, a lot more size. And we've got to be able to uh, to match some of that size. So we, we've had some great practices, Josh. We get some great competition. Uh, dividing our teams up and we've had really good scrimmage sessions uh, Wednesday ultra competitive and then today when we woke up ultra competitive so I don't think anybody's you know super comfortable in their role and they know they have to keep bringing a lot of energy and we should play ourselves tired maybe more than we have in the past really lay it out on the court and know that there's a, a very capable person sitting on the bench that can come in and and bring something different to the table. So I think we're going to be way deeper than we ever have been. And 
that's certainly uh, a positive, especially in light of the environment where you're, you know, you always have to stay on your toes with uh, with COVID and know that you're a test or two away from dramatically changing your team. So that I think that's a, it's a good year to have a little bit more depth. Just a quick follow up on a different topic. Um, we've talked a couple times recently about um, about scheduling and how things are fluid and crazy. Um, you've indicated that you're open to adding um, a fifth non-conference game potentially. Is there any definitive movement on the schedule right now? No, nothing's been uh, nothing's been set in stone. I mean, it, it's a you know, it's it's pretty darn fluid if you look around at the games that even getting canceled today and yesterday and tomorrow and teams are scrambling and and uh things change i think geography comes into play obviously if if uh, a team within your region needs games but uh you know i, I could even see some potential non-conference games getting speckled in during conference season depending on what happens then so it's a little bit like recruiting i don't think you ever stamp it and say that it's done it's uh it's in constant motion right now and and our staff's doing a really good job of kind of keeping their ear to the pavement to see what might present itself and what makes sense but there's nothing nothing to announce or anything that's that's uh, a definite at this point Josh